0: Welcome back to The Andrew Roman Show. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. Today, I have a very special episode prepared for you. It is, if you're watching this whenever it actually comes out, the day it comes out, the following day, November 3rd, is are the United States of America election. That was not grammatically correct now that I said that. Let me say it again. November 3rd, is America's election that was a little bit more grammatically correct I think uh so man I don't think it's a coincidence that this episode is coming out right when it is because guys politics has been crazy it has affected like nearly every area of our lives dividing among subgroups and groups even among Christians politics can be divisive and um So I don't think it's a coincidence that this episode is coming out because it's interesting. I'm not going to actually be talking directly about politics or really about politics very much. I'm going to be talking about something completely different but I think will have implications into it. So first and foremost, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. If you haven't already, subscribe to the YouTube channel, follow me on Spotify, leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and that allows me and allows my show to join to uh, just expand to more hearers, uh, more listeners. So thank you so much. Guys, I, this episode is very close to my heart because I recently finished reading a book regarding a man's life. And, you know, I, I don't read a lot of biographies generally. Now I'm really, really liking it, but I want today to reflect on the life of a man whose story has challenged my faith, whose story has challenged my personal life. And this man was not only a pastor, he was not only a prophet, he was also a spy, and ultimately he was a martyr who the heck am I going to be talking about this you don't want to miss a minute of this episode so make sure to stick through the entire thing and and i believe as we look at this man's life consequently it will challenge it will challenge our life of faith and it will really just be, ask the question are we truly living a life of faith in every area of our lives, including politics. So today, I have a very special mug. I'm not sure if I've shown this mug, maybe in the beginning of the show uh, when the show started. But this mug is from Ber- uh, Berlin, and Berlin, if you don't know, is the capital of Germany. But also, it is very close and related to the the individual that we're talking about today. So this actually, I got to, I got the chance to go to Germany with my late grandfather. Uh, May he rest in peace. And we, I am from German descent, so part of my, as as you know, if you follow this this uh, podcast, is I'm part Scottish from my mom's side and English, and then from my um, grandpa's side, which is my the dad of my mom my great-great-grandfather is a descendant from germany like he actually immigrated from germany when he was very young so we got the chance to go to germany and this was super cool going to berlin but it's interesting that i actually have a mug from berlin because this man who i will be talking about spent a lot of time in berlin he actually lived in Berlin so it, I'm gonna say his, this guy's name in just a second but if you were like me I mean previously to reading a biography about him, I never knew this man existed his name is Dietrich Bonhoeffer have you heard of him probably so probably not it depends if you were like me I had no idea this guy ever existed and so I would like to paint for you a picture of the context of where he lived and when he lived most of us know general information about, like, World War II, right? We know about Hitler. We know about the atrocious Holocaust. We know about Pearl Harbor, and that's about it. I mean, my knowledge of especially Germany when it came to World War II is pretty simple. Uh, they were our enemy. We beat them. We won. America. That was it. Like, that's World War II. You want to know World War II? We beat, but we whipped some butt, and we won. That's about it, okay? Okay. Maybe that's a little simplistic, maybe. But after reading this biography about this man, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, holy cow, was I way too simplistic about World War II. Now, we're not going to talk about all the details of World War II, but I will share with you and kind of, like I said, paint this picture of this man and we're going to highlight key moments in his life that challenged my faith. There's no way that we can go over this biography in such a short amount of time, but I'm going to show the book here for you. It the actually the book is called Bonhoeffer: Pastor, Martyr, Prophet, Spy. It's by the author in great. Uh, he has a great show podcast, Eric Metaxas. So if you've never heard of Eric Metaxas, check out this book. Bonhoeffer. I mean, this is like the largest book I've ever read. It's like over 500 pages. I've never done this. Maybe you do a thousand pages, but for me, it was a great achievement. Uh, so don't take my achievement the way. Uh, so let's get man. Let's get right into this. So we're we're going to look at his life. We're going to look at key moments in his life because this man talked about success. He talked about. Um, he insisted on hearing the voice of God for ourselves. He insisted on on really standing up for what is right and what he called religionless Christianity. Super interesting. Let's hit Let's hit this podcast, let's keep going. So who is this man? This man, Dietrich Bonhoeffer was born in, uh, in Germany in February 4th, 1906. So it's very interesting because he lived through the first world war. He actually fought Hitler's rise to power and was ultimately executed for his part in the plot to assassinate Hitler. This is the first time really that I I knew that there were several plots to try to assassinate Hitler and get him off the throne, if you will. And he was part of that. He was ultimately executed for being part of that and standing up for what he believed. So this man was a man of faith. He studied theology. He had several, like I think he had one or two doctorates by the time he was in his early 20s. And his mother, from his mother's side, came a bunch of theologians, very famous theologians. And then from his dad's side came very famous scientists and psychiatrists. His dad was one of the head psychiatrists of Berlin, actually. So, so this kind of two lines of, of theology and science gave him a very good foundation of believing in God as well as thinking critically. And this became critical as as he moved on in his journey. But in 1933, something happened that shifted the course of his nation. You might have guessed. Adolf Hitler was elected and came into power. That happened in 1933. A lot of us just think about Hitler in the 1940s or in the Holocaust, but there's a whole journey to his rise to power, and Bonhoeffer lived through it. In 1933, Hitler was elected, and this is when Bonhoeffer's life began to change. It came at a tipping point, because up to you have to understand that up to this point in Germany, to be German was to be Lutheran, meaning to be German was like, you're obviously a Christian, because Martin Luther's reformation impact is, is very hard to overstate in Germany. It literally was i mean you know in america it's very similar our found our foundations are biblical they're judeo christian foundations that our country was founded on and before it was kind of like if you're american you're christian right well back then it was also if you're german you're lutheran and that's that's how it was but what it really means to be a follower of christ was about to be tested once hitler became into once hitler got into power You see, Hitler didn't waste any time to implement his anti-Semitic policies. This started when he expanded the reaches of the infamous Aryan paragraph. Now, what is the Aryan paragraph, you you might ask yourself. So, Aryan is a type, it's genealogy, basically, is where you're from, is your race. So, Aryan was a pure German blood, if you will. So, it wasn't mixed, it wasn't Jewish, it wasn't anything else but pure German blood. And the Ariane paragraph basically did this. It decreed the termination of employment of any Jews in education, as well as in, and, um, in the medical side, in the medical industry, in the law industry, all those, it decreed the elimination of their jobs. So if you are Jew, you're fired. That's it. it. doesn't matter. You're good at your job just because of your race. You are gone. That's the Ariane paragraph. And what happened in 1933, when Hitler got elected, is that he extended that even to the church. The church now was forced to fire Jews from their staff, even Messianic Jews who had now believed in Jesus. They considered themselves Lutheran, but they no longer had a place in Hitler's church. Very, very interesting. You see, this even went to include anyone related to Jews. If you were married to a Jew, fired. If your mom's a Jew, fired. And this is where Bonhoeffer took his stand. You see, the, the, the Church of Germany, the the the, the Reichkirche is, is a church the church in Germany, they had a choice there to resist the uh, anti anti uh, Semitic, anti-Semitic policies, or just to go along with them and pretend everything's okay. But Bonhoeffer didn't already made his choice. He took the stand. You see, this is what happened. I want to paint this picture because this is super important to actually what might happen one day in this country. And what, because we don't know what, what can happen in 10 years, as I, as I will talk about. So there is a group of Christians in the German church who actually went along in and went along with Hitler's policies. And they called themselves the the German Christians they called themselves and they promoted what's called positive Christianity they actually followed Hitler and created a more liberal politically correct form of Christianity very interesting a more liberal politically correct form of Christianity and this just went down the drain it started with okay well maybe we just Jews shouldn't just come to church maybe they should have their own church and it ended with even that liberal movement taking out the Old Testament, making Jesus an Aryan person from Aryan descent, like taking all the Jewishness out of the Bible. So it became radicalized from just a small little seed of giving in to Hitler's agenda. But Bonhoeffer was one of the greatest opponents. Bonhoeffer believed in the biblical truth, and he believed that we shouldn't sacrifice biblical truth for political and social, um, what should I say, political and social correctness political and social relevancy. We shouldn't sacrifice biblical truth. And actually he started a movement called the Confession Church, the Confessional Church. And there was a movement of of a body of believers where they decided that they were going based on Luther to confess the truths of the Bible and not uh, not to compromise in them. See, Bonhoeffer was one of the few people in Germany, now, and I'm going to talk about this because not everyone in Germany was necessarily bad or a Nazi. It it didn't work that way necessarily. But something important to understand about Bonhoeffer is that he stood with the Jewish people when many people in the church stayed silent. He even continued to fight when things were worsening, and actually at one point it got so dangerous for him that they needed to send him to the U.S., Once Hitler had declared war, he was already, the Gestapo was already imprisoning pastors and even executing them if they did not obey the Fuhrer's um, commands. So a lot of, Bonhoeffer being such a uh, leader in the movement, in the confessional church movement, they they told him, hey Bonhoeffer, if they take you out, they're going to take out the movement, we can't afford that. So Bonhoeffer was actually a professor in the city of Berlin. And what they did is they sent a lot of letters, a lot of his friends sent letters to to heads of universities such as Harvard and, and, other, and um, one university in, in New York and others to try to hire him because if they did not hire him, they even wrote in the letters that it was a matter of life or death. That's how important it was. So Bonhoeffer ended up going to the U.S., but something remarkable happened, something challenging, something unusual. He felt convicted. He felt that he shouldn't have left and that he needed to return. But you have to understand that his return to Germany was like signing his own death warrant. His his return to Germany was now leaving behind the peace and the comfort and knowing that you're going to live to now being possibly imprisoned and tortured and sent to a concentration camp. What made him do that choice? Well, he heard the word of God. He read a verse in Isaiah that says that he who believes does not flee. And he felt that he was fleeing. And and this is the crazy part, guys. The crazy part is that Bonhoeffer returned to Germany to fight Hitler from within. And the most interesting section of this, if you will, is that Bonhoeffer was then arrested, sent to a concentration camp, and later executed for his part in the plot in the conspiracy against Hitler. One may look at his life and think that it ended in failure. But that's the most beautiful lesson I think I learned about Bonhoeffer's life is what the meaning of success is what is success and Bonhoeffer understood this definition he actually talked about it several times what is the true definition of success and this is what I, I want to encourage you with and I will encourage myself is that success is simply obedience to God's voice I must say that again success is is simply obedience to God's voice. That that's literally it. So many of us try to define success by accomplishments or by money and fame and if we don't have accomplishments then we might not must be not we must not be successful. But with God, true success is merely obedience to his voice. You see, not being concerned with the end results because ultimately that's God's job. Your job is just to obey. And I wonder how many of us have not obeyed God because we're worried that whether what he's calling us to will actually succeed. I'm going to say that again. Have you ever felt that way? Have you felt that God's calling you to do something, but you fear that it might fail? You fear that it won't be a success. You you fear that maybe you start the Bible study and people don't come. That maybe you start doing something and people start unfollowing you on social media because they might disagree with you. And you might think, God, is, will this be successful? But true success is found in obedience. You see, when when one obeys God, he knows that he's successful. See, he, here's really the main question. If you feel frustrated, if you feel that you're missing out, there, you're a moment in your life that you feel frustrated, you feel frustrated where, of where you are in life, then here's the question you need to answer. Did you follow his voice? Did you obey his voice? If the answer is yes, congratulations, you have succeeded. You are a success. Don't believe the lie that just because your surroundings seems frustrated, just because there's not the the tangible feeling of success that you have been a failure. No, because remember that success is simply believing in following God's voice. So if you're frustrated, don't worry about it. Maybe... Maybe you are frustrated because you've put yourself in the situation because you didn't listen to God's voice, and that's a different thing. But many times we will follow God's voice, and it might not seem like a successor then. But God knows. God knows timings. God can see things. God is working even when we don't see it. As the as the song goes, you see, in 1945, April 9th, Bonhoeffer heard the most coveted words when he went home. You see, that's the day that he was executed. And I do believe with all my heart there is no doubt that the Lord Jesus received him with the words, "Well done, my good and faithful servant." You so see, you can't say that you're a faithful servant if you don't obey. That that's what convicted me, guys. I saw this and I said, "Lord, am I truly listening to your voice and am I truly obeying your voice?" And if I am, then I have been faithful. You see, because Bonhoeffer understood that being a Christian is not just merely the avoidance of sin. It is the proactive, the proactive obedience in doing the will of God. This is interesting because a lot of us live our Christian faith in just kind of like, oh, here are more rules and regulations. Well, now I can't do this. And now I can't do that because I'm a Christian. Now I got to keep my eyes pure. And I can't, I, I just don't want to sin. Keep me away from sin. And we live like in these kind of, we, we step on eggshells around this world. But remember that living as a Christian is not just merely avoiding sin, but it is actively doing the will of God. This is what Bonhoeffer shared time and time again. He understood that true success is obedience you see it's interesting a German in 1933 when Hitler got elected never even thought about that so many atrocities could happen in his country who who, who would have thought about that yet in the little in little more than 10 years oh, six million Jews were were murdered and countless other innocent lives were taken as well see, it's interesting because this made me think, we, we all think that when evil comes and when evil rises and shows its ugly face, we'd be the ones to come up against it. We always think that we'd be that different guy, the guy who, that wouldn't go with the crowd, the guy that's, that like Bonhoeffer stood up, but it's not accidental. Standing up to evil doesn't happen by accident, It doesn't happen by chance because evil doesn't show its ugly face right away. See, evil starts by deceiving. And I'm going to sh- show you what, wh- how, and this is what Bonhoeffer, one of the key principles in his life, showed us how can we stand up to evil? How can we actually stand up? How can we catch and, and have the, the, the foresight to see this is going somewhere? Because Bonhoeffer and his confessional church movement understood that Hitler was pure evil. That guy was evil incarnate, and he might smile, but behind those teeth, he is lying. And he saw that. He saw that, that it wasn't just about good intentions, that they saw. And you know why they did that? Because there was, an, there was an, a focus and an emphasis on reading the word of God and hearing from God. See, it's interesting because evil is it starts by deceiving. It doesn't show its true colors right away. See, Hitler didn't start his campaign by saying the quiet part out loud. He didn't start the campaign by saying, guys, I want to take over Europe, and in the meantime, we're going to murder millions of people. Who's with me? Well, actually, who would have been like, he would have been like, Ashlam, Sham, Schweizen, Schweizen, Kazum, um, Schweinfjör, Fjörker, Schiedsweizen. I'm pretty sure that's how he sounded. Hey, if you're German, take no offense, dude. I love, I love German and all that. I'm pretty sure that's probably like Hitler. I mean, he always sounded extremely mad because I'm telling you that guy was like evil incarnate, but he never said the quiet part out loud. And you can kind of understand maybe some people who were not rooted in the word of God and did not hear God's voice, how they might have been misled. And I think it's very important for us in 2020 because we live in a world of opinions. We live in a world where people love to say their opinions that everyone supposedly has the truth, but in a society where there's no morality, there's no no standard of morality, no standard of right or wrong, the best thing that we can do is just hope that people are good and that people mean the best, but we really have no litmus test. We have no way to expose and have the foresight to see what is going on and call evil for what it is. But as Christians, we have the Bible. We have the Bible that is our standard. When God's principles become our standard, it is easier now to expose the lies of the enemy in the lies of culture. But sadly, I honestly feel, and this is what Bonhoeffer, you see, Bonhoeffer did something amazing. He taught... uh, taught, Many seminars, um, seminaries, and, and many seminars. And what he taught his students was that every day as homework, they had to spend half an hour meditating on one piece of scripture. And here's here's a the catch: they and they had to write like an essay about their meditation and their time just hearing from God, but the catch is they couldn't use any concordance. They couldn't look into the original text and see what it means. They couldn't in modern days, Google it. They couldn't do any of that. They had to hear from God directly. And sadly, I feel that the Bible has been thrown to the wayside, at least in my generation, that the Bible is just kind of used as an extra tool that I'll use when it agrees with me that I'll kind of, ah, it, doesn't di- oh, it disagrees with me, or the way that I'm living, I'm gonna just toss it to the side, it's an old book. Oh, but when it agrees with me, then it's apparently applicable. And sadly, I feel like so many of us are not hearing the voice of God. We don't know how to hear the voice of God by ourselves. You see, Bonhoeffer did something brave. He thought critically. He didn't just go with, he wasn't a, a uh, he, he fought for justice and everything, but he wasn't just following the culture and, oh, okay, guys, we're shouting for this. Let's shout for that. Okay, guys, we're going for this. Okay, let's go for it. No, no, no. He thought critically. He read scripture and he heard from God. Then he acted. Sadly, I feel that many of us, and especially my generation, because we're so, we're so passionate. We want to see change. We want to do something. We want to be the ones who get to see change, especially this is why you're seeing so many movements for social justice and everything. Sadly, I, I think that, Many times we're acting out of emotion and out of passion before first looking at the Bible, thinking critically, and hearing the voice of God, and then standing unapologetically. Because I think it's very interesting a lot of times when so many of the social justice movement is so passionate about one thing, but then stays quiet about other injustices that are a little bit harder, like, like abortion, for example. As Christians, we have to be unapologetically against abortion. No matter what, like there's, yeah, and I understand when people say, well, what about this or what about this section? Well, that's important to talk about, but the fact that abortion is evil and that the Lord hates the, the the shedding of innocent blood, that's something he abhors according to Proverbs. That's something like Bonhoeffer that we have to be sure, we have to pray, and then we have to listen to God's voice, and then we have to act. That is how we're supposed to follow as as. As Christians. So if you hadn't heard about his life, I hope this encouraged you in that you were challenged, guys. Politically, here we go. I don't know what's going to happen in these next four years, but whatever happens, we don't take our cues from a political party. We don't take our cues from a, an influencer from Instagram necessarily. We take our cues from the word of God and from God's voice. Once we do that, we remember that true success is simple obedience to God's voice. We'll see you in the next episode of The Andrew Romance Show.